0: We're the Ballotins.
1: And we are passionate about people.
0: Every human was created for fulfilling relational connection.
1: But that's not always what comes easiest.
0: We know this because of our wide range of personal experience as well as our years of working with people.
1: So we're going to crack open topics like dating, marriage, family, and parenting to encourage, entertain, and equip you for a deeply fulfilling life of relational health
0: all right guys welcome back to the dates mates and babies podcast we are so excited to be with you guys this week um this week's episode is actually from the kylo show with danny silk and britney Serple. and so we hope that you guys really enjoy this also before we jump in one really fun thing this week we hit fifty thousand downloads on our podcast so thank you to everyone who's been tuning in sharing it leaving reviews we love you and appreciate you guys. Okay, enjoy this week.
2: You're listening to The Kylo Show, the podcast where we talk about how to keep your love on no matter
0: what and why whole healthy families are going to save the world. And it starts right now.
3: Well, hello and welcome to The Kylo Show. We're so excited to be jumping in with our uh, singles topic still.
2: Yep.
3: And... Um, we're gonna have some really great discussions today. Yes, because we have some really fun people on uh-huh. here. I'm excited because <laughs> <laughs> they. I mean, they've also started a new podcast, which yep. we'll talk about. Oh, good! And uh, we've got some a thriving men's ministry, yeah. and um, basically, I mean, the woman that we're gonna bring, bring bring in on here is the wife. I every time I hear Lauren speak, yep. I'm always like. I wanna be like her when I grow up. I want, yeah. I want to come oh. to be like Lauren. <laughs> so please help us welcome Jason and Lauren Valatin.
2: Thank you for joining us. So good. good to see you. Yeah, yes. these are uh lifelong friends mm-hmm. in that we've been friends. With, I'm yeah, I was a child
3: I, more so yeah. growing up around Jason. I don't know that family Jason, friends. Ben's buddies with Jay.
2: Yeah. Yeah,
3: that's for
2: sure. Oh yeah, we just we go back, and then Jay and I decided to be born on the same day. That helps. So happy birthday, buddy! <laughs> yeah, happy birthday to you. Well, yeah. and I would say we're lifelong friends because you have
0: saved my life, <laughs> yeah, my whole yeah. entire life, my yeah. whole my whole adult <laughs> life.
2: You've been saving my life, so. and then you've been saving
1: my life ever since I married Jason. So,
2: so yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, there you go. So there's just lots of life going on here. Yeah. yeah.
3: Our kids are some Evan and Delaney kind of went to school together a little bit. So we've had some crossover in different areas Mm -hmm. too, which is fun.
2: Yeah. Life, lifelong family friends.
3: Yeah. It was awesome.
2: Awesome. Well, you guys have, you know, some pretty unique qualities of um, singleness blending together. Um, Won't you just tell us a little bit about that journey, what that looked like? Um, You know, Lauren, Lauren was, um, How old were you when you guys got married?
1: I was twenty-four.
2: I turned twenty-five
1: just after we got married. Yeah.
2: Okay, so you were um, you 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 were young and single, and then Jay, you you talk to talk a little bit about uh, yeah. So who she married?
0: (laughs) (laughs) We do have a a kind of a unique story in that um, I was married for ten years um, to my high school sweetheart, got, I got married at 18 years old, right out of high school, had my first, um, son, Elijah at 19 and three kids by the time I was 24. And so, Mm. you know, I had lived, uh, really I'd lived what felt like a whole entire life. Um, and in 2007 ended up, um, going through a divorce and, that's a that's a long story, but that's what happened in my life. I ended up, mm-hmm. you know, my wife leaving and in, in uh, being a single dad um, for a couple of years, and that was just a just a really crazy time in my life with the kids. And of course, Danny, you were right in the thick of all that stuff. I mean, even before I got a divorce, you know, my my ex wife and I we used to just go see you um, just as regular, you know. Like you would go get a, a oil change for your car. It's a good thing to do, right? Is to
1: Probably have, more frequently. Huh? Yeah.
2: People in your <laughs> yeah. life that you love. Yeah. That it doesn't help, help if you're putting gravel in the engine, though. It just doesn't. <laughs> <help>. <laughs> That's <Yeah. good>. No, <laughs> it doesn't. And so, you know,
0: I did. I was a single dad raising three kids and uh, a pastor here on staff and Lauren, that's when I met Lauren. You know, she was a, a school ministry student, just desperate to uh, find a, a single guy who had three
2: kids and <laughs> sure. be married, before, as Even are most twenty-four-year-olds. Yes, yeah, so. yeah, yeah. it's yeah. my uh-huh. dream,
1: my childhood dream. <laughs> uh,
2: no, but
0: but I did, I saw her in, a, in a kind of a, a sea of other other women in in the environment, and I had spent quite a bit of time just working through my own stuff, getting to a place where. I was healthy and which is a journey in and of, of itself, you know? And, yeah. and, and so, you know, our process of dating in um, marriage is, it's been a really unique one. It, unfortunately it's not uncommon now, yeah. you know, when I was back in 2007, honestly, it was much more uncommon mm-hmm. back then than it is now, you know? So we met in 2009 and started on that dating process and, and
2: um yeah, so that's how we met.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: Yeah. And then, and then uh, Insta parent, mm-hmm. Lauren mm-hmm. steps in and how old
3: were the kids when you guys got married? I mean, that's a, it wasn't like they're toddlers. They were, you had, yeah.
1: yeah. Evan was five when we started dating. So I think by the time we got married, he was six And then Riley was, had already turned eight, Mm -hmm. I think, or maybe she was already nine. And then Elijah was 12 when we got married.
3: Junior high. That's the best. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my.
1: Yeah. It was a wild time. I think, I mean, like, like I said, I was 24 when we got married and, um, Definitely didn't know any other, I didn't have any friends that had married into, (laughs) that's for sure. There was no roadmap. There was definitely,
2: you're a pioneer girl,
1: (laughs) a certain kind of pioneer that I don't, uh, you know, is an interesting road. And luckily we had a lot of help along the way and there was a lot of great to do it. Um, but yeah, instaparent, that was an interesting initiation into parenthood.
2: Yeah. Yeah, so um, coming from such extreme, different starting points on this, what uh, what do you what do you attribute to this working out so beautifully? I mean, uh, you know, obviously there is tons of white water in this little uh, this little mm-hmm. this little stream we're talking about here, but um, you guys have just turned this into something super beautiful. What, what, what do you attribute that to? Um, A relationship is, is two people,
0: you know, it's, it's not this magic thing where we come together and and all of a sudden, you know, marriage is full of love and happiness and peace and joy. It's just two, it's two people who are coming together and they're bringing all their stuff and, and putting it inside of that box. And then we, we pull from that and we eat from that for the rest of our lives. And, I would say, you know, on, on, on the starting point in my going through that season of divorce and pain and discomfort, I, I spent a lot of time just focusing and working on my own life, knowing that I'm going to do this journey again. I'm going to step back into a relationship at some point and all the work that I do right now is going to build, that's going to be the foundation for my next relationship and so I, you know, not to talk about myself, but I think that you have to start with individually, how are you doing emotionally, mentally, physically, spiritually, what tool sets and what baggage are you bringing into the relationship? Because everybody has a story. Everybody has, you know, baggage. Everybody has these obstacles that have to get over. It. And at the same time, you know, I think that it's easy to keep the same exact skill set and tool set that you had in high school, and you're still using that in, in marriage, wondering, you know why is this not working why why is why are we not connected and so i did and i spent a lot of time i remember specifically danny meeting with you um after after the divorce and one of my major takeaways you, that you told me is Jay, if you don't if you don't learn how to have needs in in your life you're going to find another relationship you're going to be in another relationship where where you're hurting, where you're lonely, where you are frustrated, where you don't feel known and seen and understood because you don't know how to have needs. And, and I just remember like different things like that. And so I think a lot of the success just starting out before I had even met Lauren, I spent a lot of time walking myself through the process of working through pain Um you know, working through forgiveness, making sure that I had boundaries, making sure I understood needs so that mm-hmm. when Lauren and I met, I was a, I felt really confident, you know, coming in. I wanted her to ask me questions about my story. I wanted her mm-hmm. to ask me questions about how do you know that, that you're not in the same place that you used to? Yeah, Yeah. Totally. And yeah. I don't want that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that's a big thing. I think a lot of, a lot of people make the mistake of, of, you know, not putting in really putting in the work and continuing to work, and then our past becomes a place of shame instead of this place of victory. And so I think before we even got deep into dating, I don't want to speak for you, but we've done this so many times. Well, mm-hmm. I think Lauren felt really comfortable and confident mm-hmm. that I am who I say I am. I have different tools. You know, I am. I am working towards being able to have a, a healthy um, a healthy life. And, and I just think you have to, you have to have a good startup like that.
1: Yeah. I, yeah, absolutely. That, that all of what he just said is, is true. I think for me being the person who came in with potentially less baggage, um, and less children, uh, I think that there were a few things I <clears throat> like Jay, I had worked really hard to, take own, tons of ownership in my life for the areas that were strong and the areas that were, um, growth areas for me. I had a lot, Jay and I both had a lot of people speaking into our lives before we were in a relationship. Um, so when we, when we started dating, there was this huge safety net initially, this huge safety net of I completely trusted, you know, people that I very much trusted trusted him knew the ins and outs of his heart, his journey, his story. there was no there were no secrets, there was nothing hidden, there was no um, surprises really. and <clears throat> we were both so submitted to people that we that we trusted to lead us well. So the safety net I think was huge there there's just a lot of trust. Mm-hmm. in each other's ability, not, not in each other's perfection. Right. Cause you're not like when you start dating somebody that nobody's perfect and there's going to be a journey and a process, no matter your past. But if you know that you both know how to take ownership and grow and get input, then, then there's a lot of, there's a lot of safety in that. So I think we both had that going in. I would also say, um, Jason, I've had a lot of people, as you can imagine, it, like he said, it wasn't very common. We didn't know a lot of blended families when we first got married. And since we've been married, we've had a lot of people reach out and say, hey, I'm dating so-and-so. They have a couple of kids. Any tips? And normally I'm like, yeah, you probably shouldn't do it. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, it's, not, it's not easy. And, and it's I, w- I will say that. Easy. There are, there are far simpler choices in life than to marry someone that has children. If you, you know, to blend a family is a very, has proven to be very difficult. Even for us who I would say we're set up, I always tell people we had the best case of a worst case scenario. Mm -hmm. You know, we had, we had the, we had the best chance of success inside of a very challenging dynamic and. I think that God's heart is for redemption. It's for family. His heart is that kids would grow up in homes with two parents. And that, I mean, that is the heart of God. So if that is his heart and his, and he's all about redemption, he's the God that redeems things, then yeah, there's the blended families are going to start becoming more and more common. That doesn't make it easy to do. And for somebody like me, who was 24, had never been married, didn't have any kids, I probably could have chosen a lot easier roads and a lot of people out there, you know, they start telling me their story and unpacking the Mm -hmm. nitty gritty details of, you know, he's got a couple of kids, you know, he's still, he's still, you know, working through some stuff, but we really like each other. I'm like, Whoa, that looks like a hot mess of disaster waiting to happen. And I think the way that you (laughs) avoid as much of the disaster part as is possible is you get really whole and healthy before you start dating. I think people are so, so, people are so wired for togetherness. People are so wired for relationship that it just, especially after you've spent any amount of time married, your normal is to be in an intimate relationship. So the drive, the pull to get back into a relationship or a marriage after a divorce is so strong. It does take, it takes somebody with an incredible amount of, self-awareness and willpower, uh, an incredible amount of humility and vulnerability to actually go, I'm going to slow this down. I'm going to actually do tons of hard work. I'm going to wait until the people around me tell me I'm ready to go. I'm going to trust them more than I trust myself in this area. For me, that's what it took. Like I needed, um, I trusted his health and his, process so deeply that it didn't feel scary jumping in because then when you do jump in, there's a whole nother host of things that you're going to have to deal with that are unforeseen. You might as well deal with all the foreseeable things first. I think, oh, go
3: ahead. I was just (laughs) going to ask, I think uh, you guys are, spoke at my conference and I'm so, I love that you were there. And, um, but I wanted to just ask a question like, Jason, when I work with um, people that are either recently divorced or, and have kids um, or are entering a marriage, the the process of figuring out how to manage the kids part with not letting them meet somebody too soon, not letting them um, stay in that uh, inner circle that's supposed to be reserved for the spouse to come. How did you handle that? Because that is a big part where I see people trip up once they get remarried or or yeah. they don't end up committing to the relationship because of this thing that haven't worked out. Like, how did you navigate that? Since, you know, I'm the the new parenting guru around here. So I am so curious as to how did you do that? Well, because that's where I find parents struggling. And then I have a question for you to learn about the same thing. Like, how did you create space to develop those relationships when you weren't and never will be their biological mother, but you were Mm -hmm. such a a role model as a mother. So those are my questions for you guys.
0: Right. You know, the kids are the priority and my, my new fun relationship isn't the priority. The kids are the priority. And, and so we just established that right away in the very beginning um, and letting Lauren know, and and in the very beginning, like, um, hey, we we needed to date to find out if we even like each other and, and to, to find out if, if where I'm headed and where you're headed and what our core values are and, and what our belief systems and you know the way that you do conflict and the way I do conflict and the way that you do communicate. Like we have to figure out those things before we even find out, hey, do you who can you handle the kids? And and do you think that this is a world and so we talked about it um in the very beginning, I the very first date I actually took Lauren on. Um we went and I just Called her and asked her, "Hey, I'd love to take you out." So we went for a walk in in the evening. And at, at one point, I just said, "Hey, I'd I'd like to pursue you." And she goes, "Oh, um, not sure."
2: And I, <laughs> that was
0: that was right when I figured it out, like, "Oh, she's not just going to be on board." I thought she would just, you know, <laughs> wasn't
4: that desperate.
0: Yeah, I thought she was going to be you know? all <laughs> which was really helpful. I, I, it was really really helpful. And because full disclosure, you know, it was a, it was like being on The Bachelor, being here, being a leader at the church, being single. It was uh, there was a lot of Jesus told me, you know, you're gonna, I'm gonna marry you, weird stuff, and um, and so it was awesome when Lauren said, (laughs) hey, I'm not sure, you know, what does it even mean, you know, that you want to pursue me, and so I realized right away, like, oh, this is really helpful. So I just told her, like, I'd love to just get to know each other. To be able to take you out on dates and see if we can have fun, and so we start at the very first rung of the ladder. I didn't start with, you know, are you going to be my wife? Uh, what does her name sound like? You know, I, with my last name attached to it, we just <laughs> started like at the biggest no.
2: job you've ever considered. <laughs> yeah, <Totally>. yeah. <laughs>
3: yeah, with the lowest pay ever. <laughs>
1: yeah, I'd yeah. like to,
2: I'd like you to invite you into the most discomfort you could imagine. Mm. Yeah, it's yeah. true. Yeah, it's yeah. really, cool. and we really.
0: I, I think we really did a great job at going step by step by step, mm-hmm. climbing this, what we call an I- intimacy ladder, and just answering the question that's right before us. I remember one time I was, I was driving in the car, and I had a lot of anxiety about our relationship, and I just asked the Holy Spirit, like, why do I have so much anxiety? Which I don't always get the, a good answer, you know, from the – I'm not like – I don't always get that. But he said, oh, you're trying to a- ask questions that you don't have answers to. I was trying to ask, like, is she's the right one to marry And, and God's like, Hey, you're three weeks in like what you should (laughs) Um, (laughs) and it's true. So just to give like an example, week one, Lauren and I had been hanging out, you know, fairly often and, and getting to know one another, having fun, going out on some dates. And I just said, Hey, before I hold your hand, I just want to know if, you know, if you're in the same spot as me, if that's something that, that you're interested in. And she goes, "Mm, I don't think I'm there yet. (laughs) And again, like me, oh, yeah, no problem. No big deal. (laughs) I I, Hold on. I think I'm just going to go run off a cliff really quick here. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, but before I took another step of deeper intimacy, I was opening up the door emotionally for her. I was, I was, we were going one step at a time. There was no, like, I'm trying to woo her over to... Pull her into the spot that she's not comfortable, and the same with me, you know. And so, I think we really did step by step by step. The other thing that was really helpful. Let me stop. Is, this, let
2: me just jump in right there. This, yeah. this, this is a picture of how a woman builds great respect
4: mm-hmm. yes.
2: in the relationship. Totally. You know she she is not just rolling over and letting you just you know, have your way so you'll stick around, you know. She's actually communicating that she has respect for herself. Mm-hmm. She has respect for her life. She has respect for the call on her life. Um, she's not really sure yet that you see all that and you have really any clue what what's on the other side of this door if she were to open it. And so, you know, you're out there trying to figure out... Um, why is there a door here? What I don't understand. I wasn't expecting a door here. In my mind, there's no doors. Actually, I'll just be leading her through a, a path into the forest, and um, we'll live happily ever after. And she's like, "No, no. There's a. There's several doors that you're going to have to make it through before you ever get into my heart." Way to go, Lauren. Way to go.
3: She's playing oh, uh, Jasmine. Well- I'm not a prize to be yeah. won. She yeah. knows her her worth and value. <laughs>
2: yeah, it's just it's just well, it's just a freeze frame. I just wanted to stop there, like, oh my gosh, <laughs> yep. this is where it all goes wrong in so many early relationships. Is that the the woman does not broadcast the respect she has for herself with mm-hmm. uh, caution and uh, limitation to the access to her life. There's like, big boy, you better put your pants on before you get, (laughs) get one more step in here. Cause this, this is a lot right here. What you're asking for, this is a lot. And I don't know that you're big enough to lead this. And that pushback causes Jay to reach down and grab himself by the courage and he has to like <laughs> grow and say okay okay if uh, if i'm going to get any closer to this woman i'm going to have to be brave enough to okay. face the heart that she's about to show me mm-hmm.
3: All right. Well, we're going to go ahead and take a short break and hear from our good friend, Charles, about some really great resources.
4: As a business leader, what if you're doing people development all wrong? See, great leaders know the importance of investing in the human side of their business, but many either don't know where to start or they use traditional approaches that don't really work. Old training approaches like buying everyone a leadership book, bringing in a speaker, or doing a a once-a-year off-site might feel good in the moment, but are often a waste of time and money. And that's because when people get back to work, they just slip into their old habits again. You see, personal growth doesn't happen all at once, it happens over time. That's why the new way to develop your people, strengthen your teams, and invest in your culture is to create an ongoing people development system, not a one-time event. But how? Well, I'm glad you asked, because I've got a free gift for business leaders that's gonna help. I'm Charles Cowan, founder of the people development company, GrowthStream we've discovered a simple but powerful four-step system that makes development easy. And we're giving away our secrets in a free training video. In this training, you'll learn how to develop your people in less than one hour per month using our simple four-step system. Plus, you'll learn how to do it yourself if you have time or outsource it if you're busy. So if you're a business owner, HR manager, or leader, and want to learn about the new way to develop your people, strengthen your teams, and invest in your culture, then go to growthstreamtraining.com to see the video before it's gone. Again, that's growthstreamtraining.com. Yep. Mm-hmm.
1: That's true, Danny, and it was very... um. Yes. I I don't realize, I don't know that I realized in the moment that that's what I was doing, but I do think that in my life before Jay, you know, I, I was very lucky to have a, a dad, a biological dad that made me believe that I was extremely important and that I could do anything that I ever put my mind to. And not every woman grows up with that as that was my framework for life. So I feel yeah. I was set up to believe that <clears throat> my yes really matters and that I could choose a lot of things and this better be worth it. This better be worth it.
3: <laughs> <laughs> totally.
1: Um, but I will say, I very distinctly remember the first week or two of us dating, I was on the phone with my best friend who w- lived you know, long distance. We were on the phone and I was telling her about our first couple weeks of dating. And I distinctly said, I remember distinctly saying to her, Um, this guy has a lot going on. Obviously he's been divorced and he has three kids, but he has set the bar for dating so high that I will never date anybody the same way again. If this doesn't work out between us, Mm. I am set up for life with a new (laughs) bar of excellence because he did such a good job creating a space for me to build trust with him. And that was the main thing for me. That yeah, I did put up my hesitations and my I don't know yet, but he did such a good job respecting that and then leading in creating trust for us. I I just I was ruined forever. I knew that my my, my bar was permanently set higher yeah. because and, how and- good he did at communicating through my hesitations. And and he was so clear and so um, exact so that I wasn't guessing about anything. I didn't wonder what was going on inside of him. He was very clear. He asked great questions. He didn't ever push a boundary. He was so respectful. I just... I think, yeah, good job on me for having, you know, yeah. good self worth and value, but good job on him for creating the room for me to be safe in that space. It was it was enormously impactful. Absolutely,
2: absolutely. And, and the and the and the way that this works really is that um, he has to lead with covering,
3: mm-hmm.
2: with protecting, with nurture before you offer vulnerability. I mean, it's, it's this, it's this journey that it's always his job because at the, at the marriage, he's saying, I am committing my life to provide, to protect and connect with you. And you are finally then saying, and now you have full access to my heart, body, and mind. You know, you I'm now in that covenant. I, give myself to you. And that's the process. And it gets backwards where the, where the females running out ahead with vulnerability and the guys way back here with protection oh, yeah. and covering. And she's trying yeah. to lead him to a place to offer it. And she never gets it. Yeah. No.
0: And and if they get married, he ends up being the kid and she ends up being the mom. It's so know.
2: tragic. It's yeah. such a bummer. All it is.
0: We, um, one of the things, uh, cause I just want to, I want to weave the kids in here that, that I did in the very beginning yeah. was as I realized, okay, <laughs> you know, we're, we're a couple weeks into this, we're having fun, we're connecting well, uh, we're able to talk about, you know, our parents and, and a little, some of our past. And, um, I started to realize like, okay, this we're, we're moving to the next step. You know, we're holding hands. We talked about what holding hands means and, um, <clears throat> I got my son, my oldest son, Elijah, aside and just said, hey, what does it mean to kiss somebody? What does that mean to you? And he said, it means that you love them. And so I said, hey, thanks. I appreciate that. And I went back to Lauren and said, hey, you know, we need to, we, this is what my kids believe kissing is. We, that just needs to be the standard. So we, we need to not kiss until we can actually say, this is what, uh, that I love you. And, and then we talked about what I love you means and we defined it mm-hmm. so that, again, the kids needed to feel powerful. They needed to have a voice. They needed to to feel like our relationship wasn't happening to them,
4: mm-hmm. but
0: that our relationship was happening with them. And mm-hmm. so I started to introduce you know, dad's dating. We're talking through that. They're kind of excited. They would see Lauren every once in a while from afar at first. And then, but because we weren't forcing it on them because it wasn't this out of control thing, they started to feel really safe in it. And they started to feel really open to the idea that, you know, dad's doing this thing that feels really in control. It doesn't feel crazy and chaotic. And for us, what happened is it just, again, it set the kids as a, as a priority, as a standard. And so we started to talk together, like, I don't know, probably a weekend. Hey, before you, what do you need? And before you even meet the kids, you know, where do we want to be as a couple before we even introduce that? And so we realized right away, like, let's just figure out if we like each other, if, if we feel like we have a a good, strong connection and then let's start introducing the kids. Mm -hmm. So um, that became the standard. I mean, that is how we did the whole entire relationship was with the kids in mind.
1: Yeah and yeah. the other other the other piece to that that's huge for me being the person that didn't have kids. And I tell people this all the time. If Jason's kids didn't had not had the connection with him that they had, mm-hmm. if they didn't trust him the way that they did, yeah. I would never have dived in. Mm-hmm. Because what I the only place I got to build from was whatever foundation Jay had already laid with them. And I think often unfortunately what happens when you have a, a broken family situation, you've got, you know, a dad that's been through a divorce or a mom that's been through a divorce. The kids are young. It's very confusing. There's a lot of pain. There's a lot of repair that needs to be done. And I think because the draw is so strong to be in another relationship when you're an adult, it's easy to blow past the kids process of pain and healing. And it's a journey. I mean, a journey that continues today, honestly. I mean, that's a lifelong journey for them. It is. And, and, um, To think that you could dive into a a second marriage with hurting kids that don't know yet whether they can trust dad or mom and don't have a really strong connection with dad or mom and to think that you're going to be successful in that dynamic and that they're going to trust you or that you're going to have a good time, Mm -hmm. like bananas. I mean, it's bananas. And so. Mm The fact that Jay had worked so hard to build a strong connection with them, they trusted him implicitly. They believed what he said to be true. They had a deep, a deep affection for their dad and for their biological mom. They, but they, they very. Jason was the primary um, caretaker in that season. He had the kids about ninety percent of the time, so that he had their hearts. That's the only. That's the only way we were successful. And if and I'm gonna define success as a deeply connected, trust filled home. That was our mm-hmm. our family was a deeply connected, trusting environment where the kids felt safe and loved. That that is success to me. And yeah. the only reason we were successful was because of the relationship Jason
3: had with him before we started dating.
2: Totally. So uh, you have a question?
3: Oh, I was just say I love that. That's the point you keyed on, because that's yeah. what I feel like I'm pounding for parents that are newly divorced that are already thinking about getting together with somebody, even though there may not even be somebody that's on the lineup. And they're just, I'm like, your child has just gone through trauma. yeah I don't know what you think is going to happen. You know, trauma, add some more trauma and let's hope for peace. Yeah. I don't think so. So I love, that's just <clears throat> huge. And,
2: and uh, yeah, good on you there. Um, I, I want to s- switch just a little bit in that. Okay, the kids are the priority in the dating process. Up until there's a new priority in town. Yeah, how <laughs> and did, she's
3: gorgeous. How did how did you uh,
2: how did you lead that switch from Jay? The my kids are my priority. To my wife is my priority, and you are now a part of this new system. Yeah. So,
0: I mean, we literally talked about it. Um, and yeah. I, I remember talking to her saying, mm-hmm. Hey, until we get married, the kids are the number one priority uh, up until the day, the day that we get married, you are now the priority And because two healthy whole parents on the same team is a must. Right. So what I started to do was in <clears> her <throat> introduce her, you know, the first week um, that we were married, it's, I'm not making all those decisions on my own mom and I need to talk about it. And I did that on purpose. You know, the kids would be like, Hey, can I, can we watch a movie tonight? I don't know. Let's talk to mom about it.
1: Can I interject something really fast? So this this is part of it. I this is a side note. This is part of it. So the kids were young, so they're asking questions like, "When you marry my dad, are you my stepmom or yeah. are you my that's mom?" Something. And I'm like, "Well, oh, technically, I'm your stepmom. That's how it works. Like when you when your dad gets married to somebody that's not your mom, that's technically your stepmom. But you can call me whatever you want. You can call me Lauren. You can call me whatever you want to call me." And they made the decision. They didn't like discuss it with us. They just literally, we got home from our honeymoon. Jason's sister dropped them off at our house. They ran in the house, which was, you know, we'd moved into a new rental. So it was like fresh space for all of us to enjoy together. And they ran past me. Hi, mom. Hi, dad. And ran past to their new bedrooms and started playing. And we kind of looked at each other like, okay, we'll just go with it. We'll see what happens. So That was their decision. And I think that was really important. So when Jason says, I needed to talk to mom, it's because they had just decided that's what I was going to be called.
0: Yeah. So I just started to establish this new culture that there's, this is how you get your needs met. This is how you get answers that you need. This is how we run the house as mom and I talk about it. And, you know, Warren would go and, and, have a conversation with them and I'm backing it up in a loving way, you know, in a caring way, I'm backing it up. And I'm, I am, uh, just creating this, this brand new culture where she is, she has as much power as I do. If if she made a decision and I had the opposite idea, we're going to back that one today. That's the one (laughs) we're We're going to talk talk about about that later. (laughs) We're going to talk about that later, you know? And, and so, you know, giving her, and I think too, I was careful not to put the expectation that she has the same capacity to parent as me mm, yeah and right. that she has the same skill set to parent mm-hmm. as me because in the beginning she didn't and she didn't have the same capacity and so I tried to do a lot of the interactions especially the the kids you know fighting type of thing but I'm also having my mind, I literally have in my mind, I got to get her to a place where she's powerful with the kids mm-hmm. and they know her as a main power stakeholder in our relationship and they're happy about it.
1: I always say, I always, how I recall it is that really for the first year of our marriage, I always say Jay did all the heavy lifting with the kids. My main job was to build history and connection. So most of my awesome. interactions, we preserved. We protected that most of my interactions with the kids would be about fun and connection and trust building with them. So I was an ear for them when they needed to talk. I was, you know, the instigator of fun. I was, um, you know, I'm there to build happy memories (laughs) I'm there. You know, Jason did the confrontations, the conflicts. He did almost all of the communication with their biological mom for that first year. Interestingly, it changed after year one. I probably talked, I did most of the communication with her because she and I got along better than she and Jason got along. It just is what it was. And but I would say for the first year, he really did all the heavy lifting. And if I needed something, if I wasn't okay with something that was happening with the kids, I would go to him and say, Hey, listen, we need a game plan for XYZ. <laughs> that they hey, don't put hey, their you dishes in the
2: okay. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I,
1: I was like, you know, that they don't put their dishes in the dishwasher ever isn't gonna work for me. So could you <laughs> let them know? Could you let them know that our new normal is dot dot dot. So That was really, Jason is the one who, who, who really set the tone for that and paved the way for that. And I know it was done with a lot of intentionality, but I feel like it was absolute genius, Mm -hmm. um, on his part and it really set us up for success.
3: I, I think that's amazing. And, you know, the priority of building that connection, um, and the success of it, you know, I've, I, we were at, um, Benny's funeral service and you you were right behind us. And I was just, actually, I mean, I was even emotional watching your kids pass around your, your uh, I think it was your brand new son that you just had mm. and, and them just fighting over their little brother. And them, you know, we, it was obviously a, an emotional day, but the love that they have for you and the family that the two of you are creating it was just so obvious and it's just so much fun to see the fruit because it is, it is work. Like you said, I, I can't imagine, you know, the decision of saying yes to, um, you know, all right, this part of this dream has already happened. I have to say yes to this has already started. So is this what I want? I'm going to join this dream and, and then expand on it. But, and so watching, you guys just even sitting behind us and and I've seen obviously through social media, it's just really fun to see the, the love that you have together. And it's just such a testimony. I think for people that are newly divorced, facing singleness or dating someone going, could this even work? You know, Mm -hmm. I think there's a lot of um, hopeless statistics out there. And um, I, I think it's prioritizing connection and, and seeking wisdom is Completely what I've seen has been the success to you guys. So I, I love that. And I love you guys sharing.
2: So you guys have five children now to, to oh, yeah. together. You, you've uh, you, have you, have, and kind of, you have two families in the same house, you know, or well, I don't know if they're,
3: they're kind of adults. Well, yeah. And have married, married kids. Yeah, you got, so you know, me. you
2: got, gosh, you, you got the gambit, you know, yeah. um, you guys are in it to win it. <laughs> Awesome. So good. Um, I'm going to shift hard here. Um, one of the reasons that I wanted to talk to you guys, I wanted you to be part of this is just the hard work that you've done to become in, in many ways, experts to help other people, uh, face relationship challenges to face identity challenges to face just life. And, um, Jay, you know you've really put the the hammer down on BraveCo. Uh, you know, a ministry to men. I've been a part of several of the things that you are doing. I, I know a bunch of guys that have been dramatically impacted by uh, your life being poured into their success. Why don't, why don't you just open up BraveCo a little bit, just for anybody that's never heard about it?
0: Yeah, so it is BraveCo's ministry discipleship program. You know. I believe that discipleship was God's design for all of us. And, and so many men honestly don't know how to be a man because they were never shown how to be a man. Yeah. And yeah. we were all supposed to grow up in a home where we cared for, loved, nurtured, understood, believed in, championed. And just so many men, you know, weren't in that environment. And so it's been in my heart for just since I was a little boy to take David's mighty men, who are the outcasts, the 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 lost, the guys that nobody wanted, and to restore them back into God's design, original design, and we, you know, I'm just watching it unfold before my eyes this past two years, really. So we built out uh, a tw- a 12 month discipleship program last year, and we discipled 500 guys in that, and um, this year we pivoted and, and built out uh, curriculum for church. Uh, for churches so that they can lead their men through 12 weeks of uh, foundations of masculinity. What does it mean to be a man? How to set healthy boundaries, how to have needs, how to work through your pain, really work through forgiveness. And so we've done that. Uh, We also have a a curriculum for guys to take um, that they can lead small groups uh, of men and and go through it with their friends as well. And so that's a big piece of what we've done. All of our stuff is um, pre-recorded content. And then, kind of the the beauty behind it is, every guy that's going through our content can be on our monthly live calls. So it's kind of fun because guys all across the country will get on a call with me and all the other dudes, and and just be like, man, I'm struggling with pornography. I'm struggling with my wife. You know how how can I how can I move forward? And so that's been awesome. I spent the last year and a half, every single literally every single week on calls with men, helping them to. Get new tools, level up their life, you know, build connection, uh, fix, fix uh relationships that have been broken. And uh, same with the church leaders. So the church leaders who take their men through it, I meet with them once a month on a Zoom call. And we just help them help their men, help them get strong and grow and, and problem solve. So Braveco's, it's been a, a dream come true. And um it, yeah, it's just handing tools out to guys to to help restore who God's designed them to be.
2: It's so awesome. It is. It's just so awesome to watch these men come alive, transform. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I personally have been, you know, to a, 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 an event where the group of guys made a bond that'll last a lifetime. You know, it's, it's almost like they went to war together or something and have come home. And now as soon as they get in a room together, they are just brothers, you know, and it's yeah. so, so good. I love it. And then you guys have started a
3: I love their podcast name. I thought it was I mean, growing up at Bethel World, when I saw it on uh, your post, I I laughed out loud. I was like, this is the perfect name ever. So I'll let you say it. But it's so great. I love it.
1: We um we got a little help from the crowd and entitled our podcast dates mates and babies with the (laughs) It's a little bit of a spoof on in our environment um especially under uh jason's dad's leadership growing up in a you know in a prophetic environment training people in the prophetic we always say you don't you don't prophesy dates mates and babies but it is important to talk about so we decided to call (laughs) it that so
3: good Um, so good
1: (laughs) and it is a it's a really fun platform for us to get to talk about the things that we love talking about the most, which is Mm -hmm. family and relationships. So we, our topics are everything from dating to marriage, to blended families, to um, parenting. Um, Obviously our unique scenario in life kind of gives us a few other angles um, on relational health that we really enjoy cracking open for people. There's not a ton of honestly, there's not a ton of resources out there for blended families. And so, um, that people have access to asking questions and hearing Mm -hmm. about relational health through the lens of blended family. That's, that's hugely important to us. And yeah, we've had a ton of fun with it. So we're, we're just a few months in. Um, but (laughs) it's, it's been really fun.
3: Yeah. Ben and I just started doing a imperfect parenting podcast together. It was a different one and him and I get to do it, which is a similar topic. I mean, it's parented focus, but it's hard not to include marriage in there when you're doing it together. (laughs) Um, and it's a lot of fun for us as well, but I, I just think I send people to that podcast and send you guys, since I saw it, I'm like, I don't know when it's coming out, but just go look for it because I, I don't have the experience of, blended family. I I, I love working with them and I love bringing hope and I love bringing tools that I believe that work, but I don't have, I don't have that in my background. So to have you as a resource, that's where I'm sending people all the time. So love it. Thank you.
2: Yeah. And we just cannot recommend you guys high enough in every possible
3: So keep doing stuff. Combination (laughs) that you
2: put this together going forward. It just, uh, just everybody that's listened to this, you got to, you got to find these guys. You got to get involved. If you know a man that is trying to figure some stuff out, send him to Braveco. And these two are just doing a beautiful job with their lives and their families. So please let them influence you. Mm -hmm. Jay and Lauren, thank you so much for being with us and love you love you love you love you thank you guys so much we love
3: you too thanks for having us we love you that's awesome all right well that was a great uh episode of the kylo show and we're so happy that we had jason and lauren with us so just remember whole healthy families are going to save the world and we will see you next time
0: thanks for listening never miss an episode of the kylo show by subscribing to apple Podcasts, spotify or watch us on the loving on purpose youtube channel don't forget to submit your questions and testimonies to thekyloshow.com. The Kylo Show is produced by Ali Armerding, co-produced by Ashley Beck and Anna Hill, sound engineered and edited by Taylor Silk, and show promoter, Christian Zamora.
2: Don't forget, whole healthy families, gonna save the world.